Hi everyone, welcome to episode 4 of Swiss Done with me, Paul Logway. This is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything on my mind this week. In this episode, I'm talking to Isaac Francis, founder of Motion Performance, a singer-songwriter and an IFBB men's physique champion. We talk about upbringing, dedication and passion, time management, racism and much more. With that being said, let's jump right into it. So Isaac, welcome to the podcast. Um, give us give us a bit of an intro to yourself, uh, what you're about, a brief history about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name is Isaac Francis. I um, yeah, I'm a lot of things. I can say I do a lot of things. Um, well, predominantly I own Motion Performance, um, which is a, a lifestyle um, online coaching and men's physique business where we get clients into great shape. We help them with their um, mental mentality and their you know the physical stage as well and try to make them better and try to get guys on stage I want to get on stage and leave most no stones unturned um, in their competition prep or in everything they do in general and so that's what I do um, my full-time I also have a full-time job um, so I'm a paralegal full-time so I work um, that and I grow my business alongside that so you know it's all about efficiency and having to time management is the main is a very important thing for me because otherwise if I'm not able to manage my time properly I can't be able to do the things that I'm doing so that's kind of, that's kind of a little bit about me awesome um, awesome I'm and to be honest- like- yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, 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 we are going to touch on that time management aspect of it because uh, I think that's yeah. very very interesting so we'll definitely touch on that um uh but yes you, you, you kind of said you have a business that you run and also you're paralegal. So anyone that's looking for a paralegal, I mean, hook up, hook up right there. Uh, but you do, you do more than that. You do more than that. Cause I know, yeah, yeah. I know, I know you, you're, you do, you're, you're into music. You're into music. Uh, if I remember yes. right, you sing or you song uh, and you're songwriter as well. How, how did that come about? <laughs> oh, that happened before, way before fitness. So I've always like, for me, I, I would consider myself a creative. So I, my mind and the way I function is mostly I like to create things. I like to, I like to do stuff in a creative um, kind of field, and that's always what I've been to. And I've had to be able to, in the past, I've had to have to um, to kind of use my creative side, but also have a side of an analytical side with it, and a little bit more of a organized side with my creativity. And have to have to harness it in a way that I can um, make it into a business, or at least be a little bit more um, organized, I should say. Because there's, you know, some guys that are, you know, creatives, but they're not really doing anything with their with their creative um, abilities. So I've always been into it. Um, I I sang my whole life, to be honest, from young and from young till I've done. I've entered most of the talent shows that most people would know about. Um, I've entered a lot of talent shows. I think um, I've done loads. I've done loads of gigs when I was in Ireland. Um, I yeah. So you know, at the end of the, at the end of school, when you're in high school, they always think they always say like it's like a line or a quote or what they think you're doing in the future. So <laughs> I was like, I think we sell out the O2, all that kind of stuff. Because hey, all I did was say, it could mean? still happen. It, it, it could still happen. happen. But like honestly, time. I mean, um, for me, it's all about just doing what I love and just put myself into everything. So yeah, so singing started first. Also, I can, I'm a drummer and wow. I play the, play the piano. Um, those are my two main instruments. Oh, wow. And All right. That's, that, 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 that is amazing. If, if I was to link it back to something, so I, I'm a Nigerian, my parents, my parents are Nigerian, Yoruba, hardcore African parents. Um, how did they, how did they support your, your creativity side your creativity side when it comes to music because back in the days my like even to today like for example my dad for example thinks those kind of fields are technically a waste of time <laughs> they do not add any sort of like value or any sort of like um, um you, you can't really make a career out of it he looks mm-hmm. at sometimes he looks at entertainment at that level as just uh, you're not really gonna do much with it you need to go get something that's actually gonna make you money or whatever the case might be so how did your parents kind of like support or, or what was the kind of support mechanisms around you and your creativity side growing up yeah i'm not gonna lie i have i have awesome parents my parents were so supportive um my dad used to drop me everywhere like in terms of my dad used to pay for my 
piano lessons, um, bought my first drum kit for me, um, supported me in every shape or form. Were, they were at every like gigs that I was at, every gigs that I did, talent shows. I had a talent show when I was living in Ireland, I had a talent show in England and they flew out with me and they attended it as well. Um, like, yeah, my, my parents were so supportive. I have really good parents. So they never really um, stopped me from doing anything because I think from a young age, they realized that everything that I put my mind to, I'm I'm quite of, um, an, an obsessive person. So when I do something, I kind of, I'm obsessed about it and I, I it engulfs everything that I do or think about my mind. So my parents realized that and they saw that that really brought me happiness. And they knew that whatever I stick at, that would be successful at. So it just I had just had to stick to something. And then I think that was the issue for them. They were like, awesome. you need to just get one one thing because I can do a lot of things. Um, and they were like, you need to stick at one thing and just put all your might to it. And um, they were supportive with any direction that I took because they knew that, you know, I, I was going to be successful on whatever that I chose to do. That's, that's, that, that, that's awesome to hear. And I think, and I think we, we 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 need a lot more a lot more a lot more parents and also the new generation of people that will become parents or are becoming parents to have that same mindset of looking at the creative arts and the creative aspect of the kids as actually being being able to support that because you never know where that will lead you never know how that creativity mind of a, of a kid can lead to the next billion dollar idea the next million dollar idea or yeah. the next or becoming a becoming more of an expert in a field that is even even though it's saturated, but they might stick out. You never know. So I think I think that's quite that's quite that's quite good, and I, and I hope that is where people are going to be moving into. But then kind of like leading leading from there and talking about your 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 mentality, your mindset, how that kind of led to you getting involved in fitness, um, because I see you as somebody that if because I there are a couple of people that I look at and I kind of watch how they carry themselves, how they move, how they kind of dedicate themselves to stuff. And mm. I've seen the way you've dedicated yourself to your business, uh, motion performance, if you're right. And the way you've just kind of like, you've just drilled into this and you've made it into something that I think is successful already. It's, 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 it has so much legs to it. it. It looks like something that actually people are tapping into. Mm. How, how, do you, how do you keep that mindset and that energy going? Because I think sometimes it's like I'm I'm in that bracket. I see myself as somebody that I do have quite a lot of stuff going on in my head. I do have quite a lot of stuff I think about. This is partly why I started this podcast because I have yeah. I have so many ideas that I'm trying to do, but mm. I find it hard just to kind of like, all right, this is it. I'm just gonna stick to it. I'm just gonna run with it, no matter what the outcome is. But I'm gonna give yeah. it 100. How do you keep yourself in that mindset and just keep going? Yeah, man. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. Like because of the way I am. Um, I have to know, I have to write down everything that I want to do. So I have a notebooks, I have loads of notebooks filled with stuff that I want to do, like all like ideas and goals that I want to achieve. And I, and I write them down in such intricate details as to the process that I'm going to go to achieve what I want to achieve. Um, so if I have any ideas, I write them down straight away. And my thing is about ticking each box, like ticking each idea off the list. So I have to start with one thing focus all my energy in that specific thing because if you can't if you diverse your energy with too much things you can't you can't your energy output will be limited as well so you can't really grow it as much as you want to grow it so i try to focus on one thing solely if i have any more ideas that comes to my mind that i want to do i write them down and i keep them there for another day until i've accomplished what i want to accomplish with this single idea and then i go all in on that specific thing and I make sure and I work on it. It may take a year, it may take two years, three years, four years, five years. I'm here for the long run. You know, I'm here for the long run. I'm here to come, I'm here to learn, I'm here to gain knowledge, I'm here to, to make mistakes and start again. But I've started so many businesses in the past. I've started so many little things that most people don't even know about because I didn't, I didn't, I'm not I don't like always to have my face in stuff. The only time I've had my face in, in stuff is just motion performance, which is the first time I've actually, you know, um, I shared it with people that this is what, um, this is my business because I want people to see the process with it as well. I want people to see obviously that people that followed it from such a your early age, early stage as it is right now to when it's going to be really big successful business. And I want people to see the, the journey that I'm going to take with it. So it's about sharing the journey alongside me, obviously being transparent and being personal with the business as well. Obviously, you know, later on in time, I won't be so much of the face of it 
but people will still know that people that knew me and that followed the journey from the start will know that I was the one that started it. Yeah. Um, and then I will obviously build a legacy from that and build a, a decent, um, a, a really good business that can, that can set as a precedent for other people within that field, within that fitness industry. Yeah. Um, so that's the goal, just to set the precedent so people can um, follow through and follow follow suit as well. So what I think, so if you see motion performance, everything that I do is, is at a high quality, is extremely high quality. Yep, because yeah, that's so I, true. Yeah, that's 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 what I want to do because I want to be the best in that field, what I'm doing in the men's physique field, in the coaching field. I want to be the best at it. And I want people to see that as a precedent to follow suit. And if I can be the precedent that people see, it creates a it creates I don't know a good standard for men's physique in the UK or for or online coaching in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like if I can do it to the best of the abilities, everybody else that follows suit will you know will do the best as well. And then it's just good. Do you know what I mean? Ma- massive, massive. And, and to be honest, I think when when I look at what you've done comparing to some of the other things I've seen other people do, what what I do see is a genuine drive to want to be the best and not a shortcut method of trying to be the best and trying to be popular because what people tend like i know in, in this features in, in our fitness industry in general one is yeah. quite it's quite it's quite saturated with a lot of people that want to do a lot of stuff a lot of people that want to make money quick quick um listen um cookie cutter programs this structure yeah. that structure and stuff like that and you can see people try to recycle the same method to strike the same program and everything just looks the same but what mm-hmm. i find very interesting about what you do is I look at yours and it's so unique because yeah. even even before you started or even before it became that bit like it became known motion motion performance i remember when you were when you kind of started this it, you maybe didn't yeah. start it but you kind of gave it a bit of a bit of a oomph where i think is it is it, is it called a shell the back because because yeah, you had, the shell you had a fucking crazy yeah. back <laughs> yeah you, you had a crazy <laughs> back and like yeah. a lot of people started kind of following it because they're like oh shit how did this guy like and then you just started but the way you carried yourself with it it looked like, oh, actually, this guy is about that life. He's not just here just to create a fad and people are just going to follow. No, you, yeah, were, you, people, were, you were about people, it. Yeah, people that see it most performance now don't know that it's been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, it's been going on for probably like four years already. <laughs> like, like they started off really, obviously, I made it like a proper business, like probably started last year. So I made it into like, you know, had an Instagram page and had a website and created all those little things um to you know the marketing content but it's been something that has been a personal brand for a couple, for a few years now um for like four or five years now so it's it hasn't been something that all of a sudden I started and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that on you know they won't know that it takes time to build up in a, a, a personal brand it takes time to build up a business it takes time to build up something that is you know respectable um don't get me wrong bro like I have times where like it's not easy because obviously I have my full-time job, which is a very tasking full-time job. Yeah. Alongside growing this as well. So obviously the goal long term is to go all in into um my business. That is the goal. And to be honest, the the reason I haven't done that yet is because I do enjoy what I do with my full-time job. I do enjoy learning. I'm a I'm a sponge. I just want to learn. Um, as much as learn, possible. Open yeah. as much as possible as yeah. So for me, there's no rush. There's no rush at all. I'm literally taking my time on doing things the way that I feel like it should be done. Um, yeah. I take my time and I analyze everything that I do. And I try to make decisions upon what I feel like I can add value to people. Like people, most people do things for money. Um, like a lot of the, you know, um, courses, all those like um, eight week challenges. Or yeah. Eight <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with those challenges. You know, like you can run them here and there. If you, for me, you have to have a genuine, a genuine reason and a genuine and genuine um, intention to want to help people and not just want to make money from it. And for totally. me, I haven't run. I haven't run one of those challenges at all. And it's not that I won't run those challenges, but the reason why I haven't run so, those challenges is because I want to offer value as much value as I can in, initially to get that organic, um, organic um, reach and that organic um, build and make people just aware of the brand and aware of what we can offer before I start, you know, running any eight weeks challenges because at the end of the day, I don't really want to run an eight week challenges and, and that'll be done. Like 
eight week challenge, ten week challenge is not enough for people to learn about how to be, how to have control of their fitness, how to have control of their 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 well being, their nutrition, their their exercises. You need more than that. So that's what that. I have on those eight week challenges. I'm not saying I wouldn't do them in the future, but at the moment I don't. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to do that right now. Yeah, no, I, I, you you've you, you've kind of touched on 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 something that I do, like you said. I don't. I don't really have too much of a problem with it, but I think it is. It is what is the intention behind those challenges, and majority of the time, the intentions behind that, those challenges is less to do with actually caring for people and your clients and their well-being and and your growth and 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 your fitness in general. It's more about the quick, the quick, the the quick grab, the money, the money grab in a sense, because because yeah, yeah. a lot of people dash into those into those little aspect of like, oh, quick quick program i can do this program and, and get and get my results in eight weeks and i'm done so people can yeah, tap into yeah. that mindset from uh people can tap into that mindset yeah exactly and for me it's, it's more of a what i offer is a coaching service like obviously there's loads of online coaches at the moment there's loads loads of them like everybody's an online coach at the moment <laughs> um and you know it's, it's, it's not there's nothing wrong with people you know wanting to go in that path um but you know obviously i i want to set myself to set myself apart from that um, and so for me, it's actually coaching people and teaching people from the knowledge that I've gained. A lot of people didn't know I've, I've gone to uni. And I did biomedical science in uni alongside everything else that I've done. Like so, and I've, I've updated. I've spent loads, loads of money of, of learning of of really, really smart people, doing my own research, doing courses to make sure that I have a wealth of knowledge that I can obviously that that my clients and everyone that comes to motion performance can tap off and yep. tap into, obviously pass that knowledge down to them and help them to live their life in a healthier way and in a way that benefits them and their family and their friends and their loved one. Because, you know, if, you, if you're looking after yourself, you're looking after your body and your, your um, yeah, if you're looking after your body, your mental health, you're also helping other people around you. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll be able to help, be better in your relationship, be better, be better son, be better, um brothers all that kind of stuff you'd be a better person as as a whole because if you're happy honestly if you're happy about the way you are your mentality the way you look the way you compose yourself the way you feel bro it translates to every part of your life and that's kind of what i want to share with emotional performance no that's that 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 is beautiful that is beautiful And, and i think that mindset that that approach to life people don't understand like for you to have because we know we know we know the way the way men are looked at in society, the variations of how men are looked at in society and stuff like that. And like and like you kind of mentioned, if you have if if you can create that kind of like establish that kind of baseline whereby people can feel good about themselves, the mental health, the physical health, and stuff like that through sort of some sort of coaching, then that also has a ripple effect into like the family, the siblings, the loved one, the parents, the the, the partners, and stuff like that. It's just creating that motion effect in a sense. And yeah, so kind of fits into your motion performance <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure man yeah so, so that's wait, definitely quick question yeah. how you, you said you said you studied biomedical science in university how did you go from that to becoming a paralegal oh yeah that was a long story still so um i studied biomedical science i was, it was a four-year course i knew that i wasn't going to pursue that um pursue that kind of side of things i would, like i'm a commercial property paralegal so i deal with commercial properties um so for me like after that uni experience I didn't really know what I wanted to do to be honest um I had a year where I was I was a PT at Pure Gym and it was okay you know but I wasn't enjoying it because for me it wasn't a great it wasn't really a great business model and I didn't want to keep swapping my time for money and I was spending like 15 hours a day 16 hours a day in the gym I don't know I was earning a fair bit of money but it wasn't about the money at all it was for me like how can I add more value to people so for me it's all about adding value in the most efficient way possible um like money for me is not even I don't really care too much money comes and goes like you can make money quick if you if you're smart um it's not about the money it's more about just adding value like how can I add value in the most efficient way possible in and spread that in a way that I can impact as much people as I can possibly. How can I do that? So the online coaching is a great model, business model for that because you can reach out to people all over the world and not just people in your in your area. Um, so that's kind of why I moved onto that online. And I and I did that really slow. There was a very, very slow transition to doing that. Um, and obviously I needed I needed a base, I needed something to to have an income. So I was always interested in property. 
always interested in property. Obviously, from as a Nigerian, my dad likes building houses in Nigeria. Yeah, you know, you know how it is. Um, so we always build houses in Nigeria, and I was always interested in that. And you know, um, and I'm interested in building houses, and also like what's the biggest buildings are commercials. So I was like, you know what? Let me learn the the biggest building. How 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 they how they build it, the whole process behind it. So I got into that. I got into my um, firm. And obviously, I didn't have any experience in that. So I started entry level and I worked my way up to a senior level um, within my company in like two, two and a half years. Wow, so okay. it was quite good. Yeah, it was quite a good um, progression because of just the way I am. Um, so that's how I got into it. And I did obviously all the relevant courses, the company paid for all of that. So I did all the relevant courses to be able to um, update my, my knowledge in that, in that field. And then that, that's where I am today. Um, and obviously, along do you ever that, sleep? Do, do you ever sleep? <laughs> yeah, man, I sleep, bro. Like I sleep a lot, to be honest. I have a lot of naps. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. yeah, because because some people are like, oh no, no, you gotta go hard, you gotta go hard. I'm like, yo, 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 get your sleep in as well, you know. <laughs> Don't yeah, kill no, yourself. Just, get your sleep. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it comes down to efficiency. Like for me, it's all about being efficient. Like I get enough sleep. I'll probably get like seven to eight hours sleep a night. Solid. Um, and then I. I'll probably try to squeeze a nap in if I can. If I can squeeze a nap in, I would definitely squeeze a nap in. Even if it's like a half an hour nap, I would definitely try to squeeze a nap. So I definitely get enough sleep. Um, I can't function without sleep. Yeah. I've tried to in the past and it just, I just get run down. Honest, and, there's one thing you've, you've mentioned a couple of times that now is it's sticking in my mind a lot more and it's something that I'm trying to get better at because I think I've kind of like regressed a little bit on it is efficiency. Is that, yeah. is that notion of being efficient? Because mm. we all, we like, there's the same saying, we all have the same 24 hours in the day, whatever the case might be, da, 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 da. like that saying sometimes kind of rolls me over, but I do, I do get it. But yeah. you've been mentioning that word a couple of times already in this part. And I think it's quite interesting efficiency yeah. as to mm. how can you get something done in the yeah. most reasonable amount of time as possible. And yeah. I think for me, for me, there's one thing that always catches me. I procrastinate a lot. I pro, like that's, yeah. I procrastinate a lot. And I procrastinate to the point whereby my ideas just my ideas or what I want to do or what I want to be involved in kind of like dies down. And mm -hmm. it's just that it's, it's just that, that mindset that you have or like be as efficient as possible with my time. I think that's something that is quite underrated, but it, it goes a long way. It does my efficiency. Like, as, as you said, you know, we all have the same amount of time in the day and the way, like, I don't like comparing myself, but I like to look at, look at people that are doing a lot as well and I was like how is this guy doing so much and the only way he's doing that much is because it's efficient like the likes of like Elon Musk this guy oh, runs like three or four billion dollar company like how is he doing on that he has to be really really efficient to do that yeah and then I read a lot about him I watch a lot about his stuff and all of all I watch a lot about like just successful people I try to learn off a lot of successful people and also with myself uh, journaling is very important and writing down what your mind because the thing is about me, like my mind goes in, like my mind moves a lot. Like I think about a lot of things every single day. So I need to be able to write them down. So it clouds to so my, all my head isn't too clouded. All right. So I, I have a journal all the time and I'm writing stuff down. Anything that I think about that I feel like I need to get out of my mind, I write them down. Um, ideas, everything like that, I write them down. And for me to be efficient, I have to, I have to have alarms. I have to schedule everything. So um, a good friend of mine um, recommended Google, Google Sheets, not Google Sheets, Google Calendar for me. Um, because I used to just use a journal, which is very effective as well. But I used to always carry a journal. Sometimes I forget my journal and I just put notes into my, into my phone, which is all right. But Google Calendar is very efficient because it actually messages you, like it gives you notifications. So I literally jot my, my day down into that Google Calendar. I don't do it every day, don't get me wrong, but I do it as much as I can. And I jot my day down and I list all the tasks that I need to do. And I try to be as efficient as possible to tick them, the, tick them off the list. And then at the end of the day, you've accomplished so much things because you've, you've stated out what you wanted to do the night before. And then it's just about ticking them off the list to try to do. Yeah. and then you get much done um and so yeah efficiency is so important and because of the way i am because of the way my mind works and i think about a lot of things and i consider myself more of a creative person than an organized person and then an analytic, analytical person i'm not really organized at all to be honest i've had to force myself to be organized um so because of the way my brain works i have to find the quickest way to do things 
and <laughs> why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? I, I I don't like I don't like doing admin. I hate it. I hate doing admin. I hate doing I hate doing the back end of stuff. You're speaking my language right now. <laughs> I like I like to think of ideas. Um, I am never short of ideas. I like to think of ideas and I like to to delegate the work to people that can do it. Obviously, you need to have a source of income. So for, that's why you work yourself up and you create a, a, a capital or fund over time where you save up a considerable amount of money and then you can delegate tasks to people that to have people to do, yeah, you know, to other people do that kind of stuff. So that's what I do. So I delegate like somebody like the stuff that I don't want to do. Now, don't get me wrong, I can use all of the Adobe um, suites like. Um, um, Premiere Pro, Illustrator, all of those things that other videographers can do. Like I can edit, I can edit quite well, but I don't have the time to do that, man. I don't have the time to do everything. I can take, I'm a good photographer. I can take pictures. I know all about, you know, cameras, lenses, all that kind of stuff. I don't have the time to do it all the time. I know how to edit stuff. I know how to do good copies. I know how to build a website. To be honest, I can build a website quite easily. All those kind of things, like marketing, all that kind of stuff. I know how to do them, but most times I just delegate them just because I can be more efficient um, that way. So it's all that about makes, no makes sense. strength. Yeah. It's all about no strength at the end of the day. Like I know my strength is not, it doesn't lie in doing the mundane task and the tedious task. I hate it. And so I, I procrastinate that. And for me not to procrastinate that, I have to either write them in my, my calendar for me to do them and allocate some time to do them. Or I delegate those tasks to other people. Yeah, so I guess you have to know your strengths. Yeah, I, yeah. To be honest, that makes a lot of sense. Just to know your strength means that you can then find find the resources or find ways to kind of make sure that your weaknesses or those areas of stuff that you don't like, yeah, still gets done. If that means you have to yeah, create done. extra time for them or delegate time for it. Yeah, it can be extra time for you, or you know, time is money at the end of the day. Like you know, that's the way I see it. So for me, it's like. My 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 uh, my role is to think of ideas, to think of strategies, to think about how I can grow my business, how I can market, how I can do all that. That's my that's how that's how I work. That's my that's what I like to do, and that's my favorite part of what I do. How I can how I can offer value to people, how I can see the customer service, um, the customer journey, and see how this person can benefit as much as I can from what I do. That's my role. The other bits of how the, the little mundane tasks of all those little things. Yeah. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> delegating, just delegating. Well, no, that's, delegating. A, that, 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 that's a very, very interesting mindset and interesting um, way to kind of look at stuff. And I think, um, yeah, my just knowing that information and hopefully people kind of benefit from kind of knowing that. I know it's not just me. I definitely going to benefit from this conversation and just looking at stuff we spoke about already um, uh, um, regarding mindset and how you get stuff done and how you help build a business and, and, and what is required. So yeah, thanks for that. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, those, um, those little pointers. Oh, all right. Uh, so um, let's talk about um, BLM and your involvement in that space in a sense. So we remember last year, the death of George Floyd, um, or if we might use the right word, the killing of George Floyd and how that kind of like, brought back the resurgence of Black Lives Matter at the movement and um, the call for equality, justice, um, the treatment of Black people in society and how and how we are we are discriminated against racism, just the whole all the all com components around that. And you're, you're, like you said, you're involved in quite a lot of stuff. And last year, I saw your involvement in BLM. And I think that was one of the stuff that actually stuck out to me with the whole, with, with, with as much, with as much was going on around me and I could see a lot of stuff going on around me, what you were doing in that space kind of stuck out to me a little bit. Do you want to kind of talk about what, what you did during that period of time, how, how, how one it affected you and yeah. two, what that meant and how you kind of like what you did after that? Yeah. Um, I think obviously that kind of stay, you know, that bit that happened affected everybody, you know, obviously the killing of George Floyd and, the whole movement. But the thing is, like, for me, it wasn't even the killing of George Floyd that affected me that much. Because obviously Black people die all the time, you know, and unfortunately everybody dies all the time, everybody gets shot, and there's so much police violence anyways in America. So it wasn't necessarily the killing of um, George Floyd specifically, or a Black person specifically, or the racist act that happened with George Floyd specifically that affected me. I guess it was the um the flashbacks and the 
the way it made me feel about the way black people has been treated in general um i think it triggered emotions that i kind of used to, i subdued for a while yeah and it triggered emotions that um yeah it triggered it triggered yeah it made me remember a lot of things and the way we get treated so after everything that happened i really sat down one day and i really just thought about the whole I thought about like how it made me feel. First of all, I was like, how this whole thing made me feel. Was like the killing of this guy. This guy just died. Um, regardless of what he's done, he got shot. But it wasn't even about that. It was about the, the racist act. I think it was more just racism that I that affected me a lot. That touched me. Um, yeah. I, I grew up in Ireland, so I grew up in Ireland from the age of three years old to about eighteen years old. So. Whoever whoever knows about Ireland knows that it's, it's a great place. It's a great place, but it's a great place. But growing up as a young child, I was it was very racist, extremely racist. I was in fights throughout my whole primary school. I was in fights secondary school. You walk down the street and people call you a black bastard. You walk down the street, people call you the n-word. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, like standard. And it's just it's just part of your day, like you know, um, and those kind of things, like it's you you hear it and you you just see like yeah all right cool like i just ignore it it, so, it, be, it becomes like normality to you in a sense it yeah, becomes it becomes, it becomes so ingrained yeah it becomes ingrained you, you become numb to it and then you and then you get treated differently as well so you you kind of preempt to be unfairly treated you 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 preempt it already wow. even though yep. like yep yep um even though you know it's not right but you know you you just be like yeah this is just the kind that's that's the, that's just how it is right there right there right there you've hit you've hit something that i've tried to explain to people and some some people get it some people don't get it that whole notion of because i know this is possible and this could happen to me i have to then act in a specific manner i have to i have to carry myself in a specific way i have to move in a specific way to try as much as possible to mitigate that from happening even though if it's wrong but Mm -hmm. i have to move in this specific way to kind of cut that from happening to me exactly exactly that so so for me it was like i've so i really reflected in the racist act if anything not the race not the killing of george floyd was the race it was racism in general that i that made me really reflect on just to i was like why it's like i was like why is this even a thing obviously like for me like i know i love psychology i love the way the human brain works and i i read a lot about psychology and i'm really interested in psychology and for me, like the only conclusion that it is that I that I concluded on that first of all, every, everyone has everybody is a little bit racist in a, in a little way, but you know, there's I wouldn't say everyone's a little bit racist. Everybody has preferences to to um, to cultures, right? We all have preferences to cultures. Like I would prefer my culture to any other person's culture because that's my culture. Yeah, all right, understandable. Yeah. yeah. I, I, we understand that so we have our preferences we have something you know we're biased to our preferences but then it's different to to be in to using that as in a way to oppress other people and in, yeah. in a way to to make there's that line yeah there's you know to make people feel lesser than all right cool you can you can have a preference having a preference is not bad in having a preference it's not bad in being in uh, in um preferring one thing to another thing that's just the way of life yeah but it's 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 the way it's when you're being derogatory of one you know one culture to the other or or you're um you're making yourself seem superior to another culture or you make yourself seem like that culture is lesser than that's when it's a problem and that's when it's discrimination because we're not lesser than we're all equals you know Just because we were born in a different side of the world doesn't mean that you're lesser than, you know. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so no. I, yeah, go for it. It's 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 quite interesting. So, like, because I was I wasn't born in the UK. Um, I moved here when I was like in my early my teens. So I think I was like 14, 15 when I moved here. And I grew up in Nigeria. I grew up around around everyone. I grew up was black. We had yeah. we had maybe a, a little bit of like white people around the area I grew up in or a bit of Asian around the area I grew up in Indians Chinese and stuff like that but predominantly everything I knew was black everything I knew was black most of most of the things most of my my interactions with people that were outside of 
the Africa or Africa and stuff like that was for maybe people I visit or whatever the case might be. But then coming to the UK, just just kind of being a young kid, being put in this place, and then have to then try to maneuver around racism, discrimination on 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 what what was on a day-to-day basis was really hard, was really tough. Like I, I didn't have any skills. I didn't have the right skills or the right kind of approach to deal with it. I was just a kid that was dropped into this and it's like, all right, cool. Now interact with this. And it's like, wait, hold on. Why do I have to interact or how do I interact with people that want to be racist or people that are discriminated towards me? Like it just, it just took me for a loop. I was just like, okay, cool. And it kind of, it kind of brought out different sides of me. Um, um, or sometimes I have to, I have to be aggressive. Sometimes I have to be, I, I, have, to, I have to kind of be subdued. Um, um, sometimes I have to just kind of like walk away from situations and it's just, just hold the whole thing around it. But at the same time, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head as to why people thought it was okay to be racist yeah. towards me or to be discriminated towards me just because I am black. It just did not, yeah. I found it hard to wrap my head around it. Yeah. I mean, it's, to be honest, the conclusion I came to, and the thing is because of the way I've, I've you know, been raised, you know, raised up in Ireland, I've become a guy that you can't really say anything to me that will offend me. Um, um, I have an extremely thick skin. I don't really yeah. take people seriously, to be honest, um, in terms of their mouth or what they say. You know, no one's words can affect me because if mm. someone's words can affect you, they control you. Yeah. You know, so I can't. That's, really, that's powerful right there. Yeah. It's so true. So whatever anyone says to me, I'm like, oh, okay, mate, like, cool. Um, like your actions will speak louder. Um, but yeah, so for example, like, you know, when you know, I was growing up in Ireland and I've, I really tried to reason with people as well. I was like, what, this, what you're doing and what you act, the way you're acting is very stupid. Like, what do you mean? Why are you treating me this way? Because I have a different skin tone to you. Do you know why I have a different skin tone to you? Because I was born in a different place, in a, born in a different part of the world to you. That was the only reason. And because my melanin, my skin has more melanin than you. I was literally trying to reason with them. Yeah. Obviously, they were, too, they were too stupid to really understand what I was trying to say to them. So they, um, and obviously it's it's hereditary. You, you know, well, it's not hereditary. It's 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 learned. Um, you learn it learned behavior. Yep. It's different behavior, man. Yep. It's, it's all behavior. So if it depends on what you, your parents are feeding you. So if your parents are feeding you that these people are, you know, all that kind of stuff and saying racial racial things about, you know, a certain culture or a certain um, race, obviously that's what you're going. That's what the kids are going to be like. So if anything, I don't blame the kids. I more about blame the uh, the parents, and I try to educate them when I was younger. Like the, the kids, I was like, you do know you're being very stupid. That there's literally no need for you to treat me like this because first of all, I am literally the same as you. Like I believe yep. the same. Um, I have the same feelings. I have the same motivations. I have the same. I I need everything that you need in terms of, you know, we need shelter. We need all that kind of stuff. So you're being very stupid. So for me. The whole racist act, it obviously originated from, first of all, jealousy, envious, originated for, you know, the fear of the unknown as well. So when you don't really know about a certain thing, you, you know, you, first of all, you approach that thing with caution, with caution. And then when you realize that that thing is so different from you, you will, you try to disregard that thing or you try to to make that thing lesser than so you could feel as a superior you can feel that you you are better than that that thing and to put that into human to put that into a human um um analogy is you see obviously you see a black person and a white person you know a white person that hasn't that isn't really that don't really know about black people are more likely to gonna be racist like if you know a lot about a black a black guy or if you know that person inside out you're not going to be racist because you know them and you know that they're literally like you because you don't know them is the reason why you're racist and the reason why is the fear of the unknown it's like the, you don't know them so you yep. make assumptions you make assumptions because you think they're so different to you just because they look different to you yeah because they look different to you like the same way you, you treat like dogs or animals because you they're so different to you you they look so different to you but if anything they, they're internal thing they like they're they're still they're still living beings you know yeah oh, that's, that's nah, nah, it, living it, beings, so 
you should you should treat them with care. Do you know what treat I mean? Them with like, care, treat them respect. Yes. Treat them with respect. Because yeah. they're living beings. Like obviously we human we we're black people. We're literally the same. We just have different skins. Different you know? skins. <laughs> so it's 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 so true. I yeah. And and I think this 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 in in a sense was kind of like compounded like the racism like the racism that I that I encountered but like as a, as a, as a teen in 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 school around around other young people was kind of compounded by the discrimination I got from other black people. It's, it's it might be a bit weird, but but like coming into the country, I was a, I was I was a I'm darker. Right? I'm a dark I'm a dark person. I'm quite dark skin, but coming in as a young kid, very dark skin, very, very deep accent, yeah. very, very kind of like deep accent. even 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 other black kids in school saw me yeah. as the other and they were yeah. like, oh, but you're African, you're not really black. And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> wait. <What? laughs> I, like, like it, it blew my mind. Like, I was like, hold on. So wait, you were telling me I, I'm African, but I'm not black. How does that yeah. make sense? And like it, it got to the point where like I was I was seen as the other, I was mm. seen as I was seen as the yeah. kid I was, I was seen as the kid from the boat. Uh, I rocked up to the UK from on the boat and stuff like that. And yeah. it just it made it it made it it also made it easy for those other kids that were not black to yeah. discriminate against me to be racist towards me because because they thought if those other black kids could say that about him, then yes, what we think about him is right as well. Yeah, yeah, that's sad. Those kind of scenarios is just sad because those are just lost people. Those people that are like that are lost in they're lost in themselves, in their identity. They're not really they're not secure in their identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they come from. And whoever any black person that makes fun of another black person because of their accent or because of where they're from are really lost in life. And I feel really sorry for them. So if anything, I I don't take those people seriously. And I literally look at them with pity. The way you look at it at it at a baby. Or the way you look at um, a you know someone that is less fortunate, you know I I see I literally look with them at them with pity because that's such a sad thing. It, it, um, it is, it is, it is because because like I have to then ask myself the question as to if why why do these kids feel this way about me? Yeah, I, is is it is it because of what they what has someone told them? What have they seen? What has someone said to them? Or what environments did they did they grow up in to think the way they thought about me as oh you're not black you're African so it was mm. it was it was it was it was an yeah. interesting time of life yeah. to kind of go yeah. through that I see for me like I didn't really have that because I was, there wasn't that much black people where when I was growing up in Ireland for that for that to even happen but I I have heard stories like that before here especially in the, in the UK where people that come straight from Nigeria or Africa in general. Um, they have deeper accents, have thicker accents, and then the people that are being grown up in the UK, like the black or the black guys or black kids that grown up in the UK, make fun of those African youths. It's because they are insecure about themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the they're insecure about themselves because, again, like it's all about knowing your culture. Like, I find it like I wasn't, I didn't grow up in Nigeria. Okay, so I didn't grow up in Nigeria, but it was so important for me to learn my language. I told my parents, like, I need to learn Yoruba. I need to learn it. Like, I need to be able to speak my language. I told them at a young age, I think it was at 11 years old. I was like, mom, I want to speak the language that you speak. I don't want to speak the language, like, just the normal language, because I'm not from here. Yeah. And she said, I want to know my language. That's beautiful. Um, and then for me, I obviously, my parents started speaking it regular to me, so I can speak it fluently. I can understand it fluently. Um, and that, for me, was a connection that I feel like I feel like everyone should have a connection with, the, with their with their culture. Every black person should have a connection with the culture and know about the culture, and that will make them more of a wholesome person. They would, you know, you can be, you can, you can live and walk with confidence, with pride, with about who you are. Yep. Um, you know, if you know about your past, your generation, you know about where you come from. You know, and I feel like those people that live like that and those people that know themselves and their past and their generation and who they are are powerful men and powerful women and powerful people in general and that, because, those are the people that, yeah those are people that change the world man those are the people that really have an impact in bang world. on bang on because those, because those are the, those are the people that are not fearful of what others think about them because they're like nah. yo i know who i am 
Yeah. I'm grounded. I know who I am. What what you say about me isn't who I am because I know who I am, but you don't know who I am. And I don't think you need to know. I would tell you who I am because I know me. And that feeling, that, that, that knowledge of knowing who you are, it's unshakable. No, no, that's that, that's that's great. That's great. Um, doing because I'm if I remember right, you were you you were selling a couple of a couple of like products when it came like um, um oh yeah during yeah. the whole like yeah shirts. yeah. So what how that happened was that obviously everybody was sharing a lot of stuff on Instagram, and I'm not one to just share random stuff. I'm not one to just talk too much. I'm not really a massive talker on my topics and stuff. I like to really I'm a more of a thinker. I think a lot and. Um, I think a lot about, I think a lot basically, and I rather do more actions as well. So I think and I action. So instead of like posting random stuff, I need to read, I need to deep what the situation is and how can I offer again? How can I offer value? How, how can I make an impact? How can I do something that can actually make an impact in, to, to share awareness? So the, the, the initiative and the actual driving factor of those teachers was to share awareness. Not only awareness of Black Lives Matter, but awareness of the act of racism that people are facing. Um, because we all know Black Lives Matter. If, if anyone argues about that, it's just, I, I don't even have time to respond. To yeah, them. there's no point. <laughs> I don't respond to those people. I just see those people and I'm like, I feel sorry for you. Um, so for me, it's about, it was, was about to, for me, sorry, it was about sharing the the um, the awareness that racism is still like well and alive in the UK, man. Like, don't get it twisted. Just because you guys are not gunning people down in the UK doesn't mean it's not you know alive because it is. Trust me. Yes, yes, so yes. Whole, the whole thing about that shirt was to initially to spread the awareness of that, and obviously it would it coincided with the George with the George Floyd um, situation that happened, and for me. I did a talk as well, and I just voiced my, um, I voiced my my experience on how obviously my upbringing, and I used the t-shirts to spread, obviously my 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 experience and to obviously again to share, just so people know that this thing is still red alive. You know, I sold a lot of shirts. I think I sold like three hundred shirts to be honest, wow. man. I sold like three hundred, like over two hundred shirts. And they all went to charity. So obviously for me, it was, again, it was just to spread awareness. For me, I said, I don't really do a lot of things for, for money predominantly. You know, I like to just, again, how can I add value? How can I make a difference? Yeah, it's always, my, everything that, I do is it. always about, always yeah. thing I do is how can I make a difference? You know, like uh, that's that's the main thing for me. And yeah. so all the things I got, I, I got a fair bit of money and I just give them, I split them into the charities that I knew that could do something. So there's a lot of charities that, I don't really know where the money went goes to. So there's a charity, there's charities that I know that okay, these guys are actively doing something within society, within communities, I should say. They're doing something communities, they're feeding people, they're housing people, less fortunate, less fortunate people than me, um, people that need housing, people that need food, people that need all this uh, all those resources. Those are the people that I get money to. And um, and yeah, and I was yeah. really happy to do that. No, that's that, that that's really solid, and 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 that was something like you touched on something regarding actually not kind of falling into the whole like into the whole like bubble of like oh just posting 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 and just not actually adding value. And I think that was something that that was some that, that was something I intentionally did this this time because whenever whenever a situation like the Judge Floyd, um, Aubrey stuff like that happens. I see a lot of people are quick to just jump on that bandwagon, jump on that bag bandwagon just to kind of like say something. But then mm-hmm. I had I had I had to stop myself and hold myself back and be like, actually, am I gonna be able to add anything to this? Or yeah. do I just need to just keep quiet? Because sometimes actually just keeping quiet is good enough because you don't want I don't want to be I, I don't want to I don't want to fall into that whole bubble of like because a lot of people, a lot of people are posting for clout. A lot of people are posting for social media engagement. A lot of people are posting for a lot of that stuff. And for me, and for me, when I see people do that, it actively makes me sick. That like a couple of people I saw, like literally, would tailor their Instagram accounts to situations, to events. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I find it so gross and so disgusting that some people do that. Like, would literally tailor it. All right, this time is our oh, judge Floyd situation. Boom, everything, everything they post about is BLM. That that. Cool. Go ahead and do that. I get it. 
But then once the week is over, they go back and delete everything. I'm like, wait, hold on, wait, hold on. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, so you're riding off, you're riding off the suffering of others for clout. I just find that gross. Yeah, people will do anything to clout, man. Um, you know, obviously, I wouldn't say be quiet about it. I think what people can do in terms of like those kind of things is to educate people around them. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's the main thing, is that's the most powerful thing. People that you see on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, with the thing of George Floyd, a lot of people will ask you questions because you know that was a massive, that was a massive thing. So instead of people posting pointless pictures and pointless, I wouldn't say pointless, I don't want to be mean. Instead of people posting pictures and all those kind of quotes on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, uh, if anything, go out there, <laughs> go out there and speak to people. Have conversations. Have conversations with people because that will go a lot further than having a post on your Instagram. So, so like literally that that is so true. And I think that was, that was partly, that, that was what I did. And that was what I was encouraging other people to do. I was like, instead of you, just posting RIP instead of you just posting, um, uh, um, um, oh, my condolences and stuff like that. Why don't you just do yourself a favor and just go speak to somebody and actually get a bit more information? Yeah. Or the just, or is, just, just go learn. Yeah, go learn yourself. Like, update there we go. Your knowledge. Yeah. Because go learn. Like, and that's that's the most important thing. Like, even if you're updating your knowledge about the situation, you're still doing something for the greater good. There so, for go. example, like another thing for me was like because I wasn't posting too much stuff on Instagram. For me, it was just about sharing, you know, sharing the um, awareness and everything like that. Obviously, I generated a lot of conversations with people that I wouldn't normally speak to about situations like that, and they they then understood where I was coming from. And for me, that was that was the biggest wins because those people then can can teach other people that's and then it. you have you have that ripple effect on people and hopefully those little steps will hopefully you know and accumulate into um something something, something bigger big. yeah you know? and this this kind of leads to one of my last kind of questions and one of my so we know we know this year the uk government kind of talked about oh um, um re, a report came out saying um about if the country is institutionally racist and they said no and people are like, hold on, <laughs> are you guys blind or what is really going on with you guys? But I, I wasn't surprised with that report. And the reason why I say I'm not surprised with that report, and I've said this to a couple of people, and some people are like, wait, hold on, are you sure? Is that I don't think, I personally don't think the UK is ready to actually have the race debate and actually have the proper talk about racism. Like, I know, I know, I know there have been events that have kind of like kicked up, kicked up that and kind of like, but. I still think we are not really at the table to have that discussion about race and racism in the UK. I think a lot of people are willing to are willing to kind of like jump jump on something whenever whenever there's a situation, and then once that situation is over, it just kind of like just we just move on. We just we just move on from that situation, and we I, I don't think I think this report kind of like demonstrated that the UK is yet to actually have a proper a proper reconciliation a proper dis- discussion when it comes to race racism and how the country might be institutionally racist what do you think about that um i probably have a different i probably have a different um mindset to that um as opposed to some other people i haven't say i don't really want to say exclusively that the uk is institutionally racist because it's it's i don't know it depends i wouldn't say the institution is racist at all i wouldn't say that personally i wouldn't say it's the institution it may be the people maybe it may be certain people that are going to be racist all right but if you are the best at something money talks first man money money talks more than more than skin so if you're able to add value as much as you can, you will always rise to the top, regardless of your skin color. That's the way. I, that's the way I see it. I've seen it in my career. I, I've seen it in in other people's career. Um, so money is definitely, I think, it speaks a lot more than um, than skin when it comes to the institution. But obviously, there is other aspects. Obviously, there's there's loads of other aspects where people may find racism in in the way to work or in the system 
Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's a system in general that is racist. It's just the people within the system that are racist. Right. Because basically, a system a system itself is an inorganic is is inorganic. Yeah. So exactly. the only people that actually drive a system are yeah. is the people in the system in a sense. So if and you encounter if you encounter if you, racism, if you encounter a racist person, then that's, that's a big peak, isn't it? That and, and to be honest, that 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 I see that I see that as well. And I think I think we need to that that's why I have the thinking of all right, yes, that report says that, but for me, I still feel like we we are not ready to have that because if we after after so many years, we're still having the same discussion when it comes to race, racism, and stuff like that, then it feels like to me like we are we we the UK itself. It's not ready to actually sit down and actually have a really, really honest conversation about race because it will mean that it will mean that people have to look inwards and we also have to look outwards as well. And I don't think yeah. a lot of people are ready to check themselves. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Like a lot of people are racist in the UK. Yeah, for sure. Like it's you know, it's definitely there's a lot of racism in the UK, but there's a lot of racism in every culture, bro. That's the way I see it. It's it's sad, it's really sad, but the thing is, I feel like a lot of people should be less worried about the racism that, that they face. But I feel like we, what we need to do as black people is to be more united. More united and stop this micro-racism that we have within ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we, we, are, we are definitely going to talk about this another day because you've, you've nailed on something that I, I, I find really annoying. And, and it comes to the division that we have in the black community and just yeah. and just as black people we have such a massive divide and even yeah. though even though we talk about oh uh, 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 um this and bro, brother and sisterhood and stuff like that we are so divided and yeah. and we and we jump to our divisions very very quickly and we hold yeah. on to those divisions as hard as possible and those well, different sides as possible that we never want to actually sit and actually have a proper talk because we are so divided in that sense, it's the reason why racism prevails as well within Bingo. the black community. Uh, Bingo. So if we're more, if we're more united and we all back each other, man, I'm not gonna lie, things will probably be better, <laughs> um, and there'll be less, there'll be so, you know, there'll be less flipping worries about being racist from other cultures if we're always racist within our own cultures because a, um, a united front a unite if if we have a united front yeah. then people would actually people actually be all right cool we can't really go mess with those people <laughs> we can't really go mess with them because they are so united they would bring down the storm on us if you try to do that the reason why the, the reason why the government and all that kind of services can mess with black yeah. people or whatever the case might be is because of if they see you divided, then you're easily conquered. Exactly. And so I don't worry about racism from like white people. <laughs> but so because I said, as I said earlier, I don't really take what people say seriously. I don't really, I see them. I, if they say something stupid, I look at them and I was like, you're stupid. I don't really, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to give time to fools. You know, you don't give your energy to fools. You don't give yeah. your energy to people that are stupid. You don't, you know, so why would I waste my energy? I would continue being the best that I can be. That's it. That, would, that, that pain, that hurts people. Oh, massively. Oh God, yes. When That's so true. I, yeah, man. So I don't direct my energy to people like that. And I direct my energy to how I can be more of value. How awesome. I can how I can do more things to to make the world a better place. That's that's the only thing I care about. That's, so no, that's I don't awesome. Care about, you know what I mean? I don't care about, people can be racist to me if they want. I'll still beat them in everything else. That's I it. That's I'll, it. Still, I'll, them, I'll still be more consistent with uh, than them. I'll still do, even if I may have a, a bit of a, you know, they may have a um, what you call it, a um, a starting point that's ahead of me, you know, a head start, I should say. Um, I'll catch up with you, man. There we go. Beat, you know I mean? beat, beat them with your outcome. Beat them with your hustle. Beat them with your drive. Because at the end of the day, we don't have the, we don't have the opportunity. Or I say, we should never use our because I've I've had these conversations with people and people are like, what would you do if somebody comes to you and is like being racist towards you and stuff like that? I was like, I have two choices. I can either get physical with them, or I could just walk away and be like, you know what, it is what it is. But the first one, if I get physical with them, lands me in trouble. 
and one lands me in trouble and then reinforces the whole stereotype of the aggressive black man. I don't want that shit. <laughs> the second one means that I move away from the situation and I just go do what I need to do to make sure that I'm going to get to a position in life whereby people like that could never talk to me like that. Exactly. That, I mean, that's a very mature stance. I'm definitely not as mature as you at the moment. So if <laughs> so, if people did, if, if I did get a direct racist slur, I haven't in so long, to be honest. But if I did, people, if people actually said something directly racist to me or treated me in a direct, I am nipping it in the bud straight away. I'm not going to be violent. There I'm we go. Be no, 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 no physical. No physical. Because, person. yeah. But, um, but I would definitely let them know that I'm not happy. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think... That, I that, that for me would be the way I deal with that first situation of, yep, yeah. yeah, I can't get physical with you because I know what no, the no, outcome no. and what that looks like. Exactly. But yeah, I don't need to get physical. As soon as you get physical, that means that you're you're not a smart person. There we go. So you, I would if, I'll use if, my words. Yeah, use your words. If you're if you get physical, you're not you you're not you can't articulate articulate yourself. You can't speak. You can't. You don't have. You don't have the knowledge or the wisdom to be able to express yourself verbally. If you can express yourself verbally, you can make more impact than physically. That's so. That's so true. I, 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 I've, I've had occasions like that whereby I've had to, I've had to use my words, and, oh, yeah. and the outcome of it has actually been of benefit to myself because it meant that I could, I, I, I could see that. Oh, actually, I could actually use my words and just tell the person what I feel, and not actually Especially have to use my fist. Someone, someone calls you, oh, like the N word. Why did you call me that, man? Yeah. Well, what done to you? Oh yeah, literally. I've, I've I've had situations like there was one funny one whereby I was I was coming out of the train station in Barking, uh, where, where, where I previously lived, and I was at a I was at a station, and and there's a pub around there. A couple of guys were drinking. This was late at night, and yeah. a couple of them shouted. The, I mean, they shouted the N word towards me, and whatever the case might be. I like I just I I just kept on doing it. I just kept on moving because like I was like it's oh, late at night. People, I don't even give them time. They're yeah. I, I was like I was like I can't. I was like, I can't yeah. give these people the time, time of day because yeah. one is dark, it's late at night. My, these guys are drinking, whatever the case might be. Things could kind of go a bit, a bit, a bit left field. And then one of them, one of them approached me and is like, yo, uh, he kind of like mentioned, uh, called me the N word again. And then I looked at him and I was like, wait, hold on. Are you referring to me? And, and I thought to myself, all right, cool. I have to kind of diffuse this situation because this is somebody that is drunk. This is somebody that is, in, a, in an unpredictable manner. And I don't want to confront this in a way that could, that could be a detriment to me. And I literally just used my words against the person. I literally switched and I literally turned it into a bit of comedy. And I was like, wait, hold on, you're calling me? Does that mean I'm black? Oh, sh-. I was like, no, 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 I, wait. I, I thought I was white though. <laughs> and he and he just looked so God, like he looked, he looked at me like, hold on, what's going on here? Like, why is he not, why is he not reacting to, to me the way I expect him to react to me? Maybe. Yeah. You expect me to be angry or whatever the case might be. Yeah, I, just I just had to use my words. I just had to laugh and I walk away from it. And he yeah. just looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just make him look stupid. You just laugh and like, well, all right, mate. Yeah, nigga. Ha <laughs> ha, good one. Yeah, so 1952, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's you know it. That's, some, that's it. And, I was, and, and he, just, he, he just looked at me like, well, hold on, what's going on here? And I was like, yeah, cool. My boss is here. And I jumped on the bus and I left. But even though yeah. at, that, at that point in time, I was angry. Like, oh, yeah, I was really yeah. angry that this person called me that. People called me mm-hmm. that. But I understood like, yo, I can't, I don't have, I don't, I don't have the, I can't do what they're expecting me to do. Well, that's not, I actually remember you, you saying that just reminded me. There was one time actually here that me and my brother was in the car and then we got stopped by these two females in the middle of the, in the middle of the dual carriageway. And they were asking us where was a club. This was like 2 a.m. I think we were coming back from a Christmas party. Um, and then we got stopped in the middle of the road. We had to stop because otherwise we wouldn't hit them. And they were like, they wanted to lift to the club. I was like, um, there's two drunk girls, by the way. I was like, first of all, there's two black guys, two drunk white girls. Mm, nah, you're not gonna Nope, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. And they were like, sorry, we can't like, give you a lift. I was like, oh, we give you a five, we'll give you a five. I was like, but we don't want your money. We don't, we just want to go home. We just, we're not gonna. And then she started cutting us. Oh, go back to your country, black bastard. Okay, cool. So my brother is a little bit more volatile than I am. So he got his phone out. And he started recording. Ah, started recording. To be honest, it was good. We recorded. We recorded the whole thing because they were calling all kind of racial slurs because we didn't let them in our car. I know makes no sense. Um, because we literally said no, we're not going to drive you to the club because the club is literally a like five minute walk. You can yeah. just find it. And um, so we recorded them. We put it up 
obviously I got. I think I saw this video. Wait, was it you guys? Yeah, it was me. Yeah, oh yeah, god, yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, the video. It, it yeah, literally man. blew up. Oh my god, <laughs> yo, we have a celebrity we in the house. Went. We have a little celebrity <laughs> in the house. They, they kind of picked on. The, they definitely picked on the wrong people because oh, um, I remember that video. Beach. So we, I can put something up and you get like a thousand views on it, like over a thousand views. And I can share it with people that also have big followers that I can send. So we shared it, we shared it on Facebook and those people lost their jobs. So oh, yes, oh my God. Just, I, you know, I remember, I remember watching that video and I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what a small world. But, but, but like, that's it, that's it. Like, I think in, in, in that point in time, you the way you guys handled that situation, what's the best I way? I'm not going to lie. Oh, my body was getting angry. I was just laughing. I was like, you guys are, you guys are screwed. You don't know who you just missed. You were laughing in the background. <laughs> I was laughing. Oh, man. I don't take, I don't take those things seriously. Nah, I don't nah, take things so seriously. Nah, I really nah, don't take them seriously because I see it. I feel sorry for the people that are like that. I literally look at them and I pity them. I look at them and I think they're kids. I feel like that, they have, I, I look at them and I genuinely... I genuinely look at them with, with with just it's like a comedy. It's like how can you be so stupid? Yeah, and we, I start laughing. There and you I go. start laughing. It's so that's, funny that's, to me. That's all you can do. That's all you can do at that point in time. Just like, like, like you just have to look at them and be like, ah, actually, you actually actually this is not about me. This is about you. This is about this yeah. is not about you. Because I'm so I'm so grounded with myself and I know who I am. Like you cannot actually you can't say anything that will offend me. Like no, no. I've, I've been here, done that, I've gone, are you 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 have not lived in Ireland, bro. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I've been jumped because of my skin color. Like oh. I've been there, I've been there, I've done that, I've, I've experienced all of it. You can't touch me. I know who I am. Not all of those things that's happened to me when I was young could never happen to me at this present moment in time. Obviously, yeah. not only I'm a big lad, but loads of people will just because of the way I carry myself as well. If I look, if, if if you call me those things, I will humiliate you in front of everyone around you. Not only, I wouldn't hate it because I'm not a violent person, but verbally and the way that I would make you look like, you would feel like you shouldn't have never said You should have never and done that. And lose your job. Like, you will lose your job. Oh, that's, and you will- that's it. That's awesome. Like, for me, for me, that kind of outcome is what, because I think, in a sense, like, like you, you touched on something about how the power of money. I think that's how yeah. that's how a lot of people learn a lesson. Sometimes you have to oh, hit yeah. them where it hurts. Hit them where it hurts, man. Hit them where it hurts. Money yeah. is power. Money talks. If somebody thinks they can do something to you, if you hit them where they, if you hit them where where it hurts the most, which is the pocket, which is the money, which is the source of income. Yeah, think twice. Oh, pe- people think twice. Pe- yeah, people yeah. really think twice. And it's the same. It's the same mentality with businesses. If a business yeah. thinks they can do something wrong, and you go yeah. against them and you hit them where it hurts the most in the wallet. Then, then they come out and they change the tune. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. They change the tune. They're like, ah, okay, cool. We messed up here. We messed up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nah, man, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, man, I, I, I didn't know it was you guys, man, but nah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, I was happy with that outcome. I was, I, I was happy with that outcome because they deserve it. They deserve it. At the end of the day, that's what you get. From I was, I, to be honest, I didn't really want them to lose the job. I'm not gonna lie to you, but it just, it just somebody flagged it up with their, um, yeah. With their managers, so the um, internet warriors out there, <laughs> they I was, do it. You know, I was not me. I did. That was not my intention. My intention was just to show their awareness and to embarrass them, basically. And then um, somebody else just finished up the job for me. But that's <laughs> but, but, but that's it. Like like if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna be so vile to us people, you gotta expect something to come back to you. And sometimes well, you it know, might hurt you that way. You know what I mean? What goes around, what comes around, goes around. That's it. That's it. And that is a wrap, folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. Let me know what you think about this episode and much more by following us on Instagram at swishton underscore with Paul. And remember to like, follow and share. On to the next one. Peace out.